Good morning. Today is Friday, February the 16th, and we're studying the Bible study guide for the first quarter of 2024. The Bible study guide for this quarter is called Psalms, and this morning we're finishing lesson number seven. The reading for today is called Further Thought. Let us pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this preparation day that you've given us. And Father, we ask you to please be with us as we uh, prepare ourselves for your Sabbath as it comes this evening. Help us to do the things we need to do. And Father, as we're about to study this Bible study guide this morning, we ask you to please send us your Holy Spirit to guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. In the Psalms, the voices of God's people join us in one repeating the chorus, His mercy endures forever. In celebration of God's eternal life, not to praise God would mean to forget all His benefits, not to appreciate God's gifts. Only those who praise do not forget. Thinking and speaking about God is not yet praising Him. Praise begins when one acknowledges God's majesty and works and responds with adoration of His goodness, mercy, and wisdom. The significance of the solemn confession of God's enduring mercy gains even deeper significance when we remember that, God, that God's chesed, namely his covenantial loving kindness and faithfulness, stands firm and unchanging amid human sin and rebellion against God. From Christ's Object Lessons, page 148, we read, We have sinned against him and are undeserving of his favor. Yet, he himself has put into our lips that most wonderful of pleas, do not abhor us. For thy name's sake, do not disgrace the throne of thy glory. Remember, break not thy covenant with us. When we come to him confessing our unworthiness and sin, he has pledged himself to give heed to our cry. The honor of his throne is staked for the fulfillment of his word unto us. Experiencing God's graciousness to him encourages the psalmist to say that the Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Thus, the final aim of the psalmist's personal testimony and praise of God's mercy in his life is to reassure others of God's loving kindness so that they too can open their hearts to God and receive his saving grace and praise God. And now we have three discussion questions to end the lesson for this week. First, what are the practical implications of the fact that God's mercy is everlasting for people's salvation? Why does this not mean that one can continue sinning because God's mercy is forever? And so, the practical implications of the fact that God's mercy is everlasting for his people's salvation is that when he gives us mercy, he gives it, he, he doesn't um, give it and it's only for a certain time, but he continues to, to give that. Now, that doesn't mean, like it says, that we can continue sinning and, you know, everything's going to be fine. Uh, and, and so, yes and no, we can continue sinning but not purposely sinning. In other words, let me let me see if, if I can if I can rephrase this. Uh, so, as humans, we have a sinful nature. We're going to fall because we have a fallen nature. We're going to aim at obedience, and in our obedience, it's not going to be perfect obedience. Maybe we're going to slip a little, or fall a little, or or mess up. 
You know, it's not going to be uh, as, as God would love for us to give it to him. And so uh, that's going to happen. And as we surrender to Jesus, he forgives us for that. And so, yes, we can continue sinning in those ways, in falling short, in failing to do what we intended to do. What it's talking about that we can't continue sinning is in the rebellious ways, in the ways of, God, I know you said not to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. God, I know that this is the direction you want my life to go, but it's too hard for me. I want to go in this other direction. And so that is a type of, of continuing sinning that, that I believe that this question is talking about. And, go, and God's mercy is great for us. But it is important that we surrender to Him. It's important that we turn our life to Him. So that salvation that He has for us is a free gift, but we must accept it. It isn't forced onto us. And how do we accept that gift? We accept that gift by surrendering our lives to Him and saying, God, you're the ruler of my life. I give my life to you. And what? You want me to do this? Yes, Lord, I will do that. Even if I can't do it perfectly, God asked Moses, Moses, I want you to be my spokesperson. And Moses says, I can't speak very well. But you know, that wasn't to deter him. He was supposed to go and do the best he can and God was going to help him and Moses was going to keep uh, doing what God asked him to do. It didn't mean that, God, that Moses wasn't going to make mistakes. It didn't mean that Moses was going to be perfect in everything that he said and did. But it meant that he was supposed to have a heart of surrender. Let's take a look at question number two. How do we reconcile God's forgiveness of our sins with the idea of God's judgment on sin? And so God's judgment on sin, if we are his children, if we have accepted the gift that he wants to give us. Now that gift that he, that, that he wants to give, he wants to give to every single person. Every single person can receive this gift. And so, if we choose to receive this gift, the judgment on our sin has gone and fallen on Christ. Christ has received the punishment for the sin. And so, Christ, when he died on the cross, all the sins of the world were on his shoulders, and he died, and he paid the punishment for the various sins. So, if we accept Christ as our Savior, if we surrender to Him daily, He forgives us our sins and the judgment of the sins are still there, but they have fallen on Jesus. They don't need to fall on us anymore because we have accepted Him. And I like the way Jack Sequera puts it. It's an exchanged life. It's God's life of Jesus so Jesus is in exchange for our life. So everything that we deserve falls upon Jesus and the things that Jesus deserves falls upon us. Jesus deserves eternal life, yet we're going to get eternal life. We deserve death, punishment for our sins. Jesus suffered that punishment for our sins.
And so that's, that's how I believe we can reconcile this idea of forgiveness for our sins that Jesus gives us and the idea of God's judgment on sin. And question number three, how do the expressions of God's mercy in the New Testament fit with those in the Psalms? So let's read some of the ones in the New Testament. Ephesians 2, 4, and 5. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And then 1 Timothy 1, 16. But I receive mercy for this reason, that in me, as, it, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might, might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. Titus 3.5, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. And then Hebrews 4.16, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And so grace is, is, the, the, is what appears to be in both the New Testament text that we read, but also in the Psalms that we read. There's abundant grace that God has for us. And his mercy, as the Psalm says, endures forever. It endures for a long, long time, as long as we needed to endure for us. And so it's just a wonderful expression of God's mercy that we find throughout the entire Bible in the Psalms that we've been studying this week, as well as in the New Testament. And those things mesh perfectly. They dovetail very, very well together and to give us a good understanding of God's mercy. Let us pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask you to help us to surrender to you every day. Help us to accept the mercy that you give us. Help us to accept the forgiveness that you've given us and uh, that, that forgiveness that you're ready to impart. All we have to do is repent and, uh, and surrender to you. Father, we ask you to help us to be faithful to you in everything that we do and help us to uh, be ready for your Sabbath as it comes this evening. Help us to prepare and use this preparation day wisely to prepare for your Sabbath. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with us this morning. I encourage you to join us again tomorrow morning as we continue to study this Bible study guide on Psalms. Thank you and God bless you.